The Tennessee Titans have officially been eliminated from the playoffs, so we're going to examine how we got here, what big decisions are coming, and why Titans fans should have some hope for the future today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joe, did you watch Hard Knocks last night? No. Mm. I figured I'd check in and see yeah. if you did. Yeah, Some good stuff. Bet it was. Super good, it's right? Cool, cool stuff. Christmas. Yeah. Can't have missed that. Um, they actually did a couple really cool, like football related things too, talking about like their their game planning for Dallas and some mm-hmm. halftime locker room type discussions. Mike McDaniel said he hoped the game was going to come down to uh the final minute, uh late possession. And the the whole locker room was like mad at him for saying that, like, no, we want to kick their butts. And then Mike McDaniel called a shot and it came down the last second. So it was kind of cool. I kind of agree with the players, though. Why would you Why would you want it to be uh, that type of a situation? You should want to win the game convincingly, right? Because of the opportunity that it would have provided the oh. team. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. All right. I'm glad he got, his, they get, they get, he got his wish. Context and clarity of it. You should check it out. I don't think I'm going to. I'm not, I'm not going to. Yeah. It's not yeah. because of the Dolphins for everybody out there. I, I really do like hard knocks. I just, I'm uh, very selective with my time. And so I'm just not going to. Uh, I'll start sending you clips. I'll just start sending you clips. Okay. I want you to get one 48 minute clip. File. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely sit there and watch that whole thing <laughs> for sure. For sure. Oh, Lord. Yeah, well, so for we, the Titans fans, well, they came here to. to, to speaking to, of the AFC, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, our, it's their time in the sun. We get to talk about this, this 2023 season, Titans, and they were eliminated in week 16, right? 15. No, 15, yeah. 15, 15. Yeah. 15. This is a games played versus weeks. It gets confusing at a certain point. Uh, But Tennessee is a team that uh, I I think is probably our most interesting conversation yet that we'll have uh, just because of where the team is at, the intersection of the team, how they've chosen to, to transition Joe. Yes. Uh, So we'll, we'll do how we got here, what big decisions are coming, and then we'll give you some hope for the future. And I've, I've got some pillars of how we got here and, I almost feel like we should start with John Robinson. Um, Rand Carthen, now the GM. That was it was his Couldn't first. Help no, I have to. No, how do we get here? Well, you got here because John Robinson was um unable to maximize his opportunity to get over the hump with the previous nucleus and style of football. And mm-hmm. you can debate the style of football, but my bigger bigger issue is the inability to hit on personnel moves. The first round picks were a disaster under John Robinson minus um, Jeffrey Simmons. 
didn't extend players, cut draft picks left and right. And he had some like later hits. I mean, Kevin Byer, Derrick Henry, like those are those are good picks. Um, but not enough with the premium investments in terms of those first rounders, not hitting on them. You needed a pass rusher uh for years and you you flop there with multiple tries. You needed more at receiver, you couldn't get that done. And so part of the reason that you're in this place is because your general manager didn't give you what you needed to maximize that window where they were winning the AFC South every year. They were competing for the one seed. They were the one seed. I mm-hmm. think that's a big storyline in, in how we got here. And so, yeah, it's it's kind of on brand for me to throw shade at John Robinson, but I think it's a relevant opportunity. I think there's also an acknowledgement of what this season was supposed to be for Tennessee when you consider all of that and the transition that they made from John Robinson. Um, But this was supposed to be a transitional year for Tennessee. And I think we looked at the roster, at least we did in the summertime, and we had a lot of questions about the style of play that they wanted to play and how well it was going to translate. And it certainly did not translate well with Ryan Tannehill. And then they make the change and put Will Levis in and, there's kind of this boomer bust element of of Will Levis. But say what you will about this team being five and ten right now and getting eliminated with the overtime loss against the Texans. Joe, their last four games, they've lost in overtime twice and and conceded a, a score in the final minute that yeah. gave up the lead. Yeah. And then there's the the flurry of points that they scored against Miami to actually win that game. So they're one and three in their last three games, two overtime losses. They had the lead late in both of those games. And uh, the Seahawks loss. This is not, this team was not that far off from being like seven and eight or eight and seven right now. But when you come into a season with four new starters on the offensive line, right? Mm -hmm. And one of your returning starter was suspended for a stretch of the season. Well, Aaron Brewer winds up starting every game at center, but MPF, yeah, he was missing a bunch of time. Yeah. So you have massive turnover on the offensive line. You do bring in DeAndre Hopkins, but there was always a passing weapons element. Traylon Burks has not materialized with the, the team had hoped. And, and obviously he has, has dealt with some injuries throughout the course of his early stage career. And that story's not written yet, but they were largely unproven until they landed DeAndre Hopkins. The move to bring in DeAndre Hopkins kind of flew in the face of everything else that, of where they were at as a football team. Uh, so I, I, I guess the, the argument could have been, and it's worked out for DeAndre. He's getting a ton of volume. Yeah. He's got a ton of opportunities. Will Levis comes in, they make the quarterback change. Um, when you play the game with l- low margins for error and you have regressed in the most important element of your unit, which is your offensive line. I think this is the product because they were, we lost week one by one point to the New Orleans Saints, right? We lost one score games to the Colts and the Ravens and the Steelers. And then we lose in overtime to the Colts again. And then we lose uh, in overtime to the Texans. And then we lose in the final minute to see Like we're in a lot of games, but they, you just didn't have the firepower because it was a transitional year from a team building perspective. As an aging roster, you try and cycle guys. The competitive nature of the team speaks to, I think, what we've always said about Mike Vrabel and the floor that he provides his team. But I think in in boiling down what you just went through is the offense sucks. This is a bad offense. Bottom five in yards, 
bottom five in scoring, bottom five in third down percentage, bottom five in red zone touchdown percentage. They turned the ball over 9% of their drives. They had a cooked starting quarterback to start the year in Ryan Tannehill. They transitioned to Malik Willis, which didn't work out, and Will Levis gave them a bit of a spark. And they don't have passing weapons outside of DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to push for 1,000 yards, but is another player on the team in the passing game going to have more than 500? Maybe Chigakonkwu? Well, You're off. Hopkins is almost twice as many targets as the right, next high Right, there's just the nowhere court. to go with the ball. And, and you mentioned the offensive line. It was a big transition to the offensive line. I don't know that they got more talented. But like they they, four, they, they, four different left tackles, five left guards, four right guards, four right tackles. Big shout out Aaron Brewer for taking every step at center. But like right. you had you had talent issues with the offensive line, and then you couldn't get any continuity. Guys are playing all over the place. Radun's playing four different spots. Like you could never really settle in. Then your defense is kind of like the good part of your team, but you dealt with injuries all season long with Monty Hooker, Christian Fulton, Jeffrey Simmons. Those are like pillars of the defense. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Harold Landry took a little time to re kind of come back off that that knee and and really be the player he was supposed to be. So like you just had problems. You did. Yep. And that's how you end up five <laughs> and ten, five and nine in eliminated with an overtime divisional loss, and having this show done right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're you're going to get out of the hole probably pretty soon here. We'll get into all of those dynamics, including the big decisions that Tennessee is facing this offseason. So stick with us but folks you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event game time is here for you and it is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you they specialize in deals on last minute tickets and this is perfect for me right now because nate bargatze my favorite comedian right now is coming to charlotte but the show is on a sunday which is also a playoff sunday in the nfl and i can't be going to the nate bargatze show while the bills are playing in the playoffs obviously so I'm going to wait it out, and if I'm able to go, I'll be able to use game time for those last-minute tickets. They also give you an all-in price views from your seat, a best price guarantee. The app is awesome, easy to navigate. They give you flash deals. They send the tickets right to your phone so you have to dig through emails. I mean, simply put, game time has perfected the ticket purchasing process, so you can snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So key decisions for Tennessee. We're locked in. We just need to make sure the Patriots don't trade 10 first-round picks for Mike Rabel, right? Like from a- Hey, if they're offering 10, I think you should do it. <laughs> I really do. Hey, five of them, you should do it too. Right. But what's, what's the fewest amount of first-round picks you'd accept for, for Mike Rabel? Who I think we we both generally agree from a head coach perspective is a top bro. Are you getting the number four pick? The number quartile. four pick in this draft is he? He's an upper quartile coach in the league. I don't right? know. Is he? Is he an upper quartile of upper? What's quartile? the precedent here? I mean, like Sean Payton goes for a one, but like then the Herman Emmage trade is a non like kind of like a good coach, but not a Super Bowl winning coach. Like I think that I think that Super Bowl tag gets you the first round, the first oh, round compensation is worth worth at least one one. Young I coach. I don't know. We're getting into a weird side tangent. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Titans it's, are going to keep Mike Frabel. It's not what it's meant to invoke yeah. a lot of love yeah. on Mike Frabel as yeah. a head coach because yeah. he's an outstanding head coach. Uh, so you don't have any brain trust or football operations. 100%. Decisions. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you do have some expiring contracts. And this team already has a lot of salary cap space at their disposal. What's the, what's the actual number? 
84 million, second most in the NFL. Before touching anything. And there's levers to pull. Yeah. Well, there's something special about cap space in Tennessee. It's one of those states, right? One of those no state incomes tax mm, state, which free so agency sales pitches mm, get a lot easier. You know, you know. So expiring contracts of note include uh let's see, I, I need to add players. Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. Derek Henry, Danico Autry, Aaron Brewer, uh Sean Murphy Bunting, Christian Fulton, Nick Westbrook Akine, Travis Gibson. Terrell Edmonds, who was acquired as a part of the trade for Kevin Byard. Uh, Al Shair, I believe, is also an expiring contract. Yeah. So uh, about half, a, <laughs> a quarter of the starting lineup <laughs> is yeah. expiring contracts. Yeah. So uh, can, can we play smash or pass with those guys? Yeah, we should. That's It's funny. you I extrapolate the list of who I think are the most notable. You hit every single one that I had down. Yeah. So, yeah. So – Guys, you with Tennessee at the intersection of where they're at as a football team. Yep. Who we would bring back. Uh, let's start with Ryan Tannehill, which smash or pass? Pass. Easy pass. Yeah. He'll probably 30, end up getting 35. He'll probably end up starting getting a starting opportunity yeah, somewhere. 100%. Quarterback mark. We start, did you realize he's 35? Maybe you did. I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, because yeah. I was I was aware when they drafted him in 2012. 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Henry. Pass. I am of the same mind as you, and I know that might be unpopular for Titans fans, but Spears has given you a really good play. I think he's third in all-purpose yards amongst rookies in this year's class. Yeah. Is the interesting part of the Derek Henry conversation is like, we just talked about it. They do have $84 million in cap space. Does one year $10 million fully guaranteed bring him back, and does it actually – does that have a tangible impact on your ability to make other moves? No. So, like, if you want to, you can't. You could. Yeah, yeah. and it's not going to really hurt you. I'll tell you one guy I would bring back in that I'm I'm smashing Danico Autry coming back. Friggin', he's a friggin' stud. He's 33, yeah. though, you know, but, like, he's he's been one of my favorite football players over the last four or five years to watch. Versatile, inside-outside, unbelievable motor, can rush the passer. Give, give that man a three-year deal with the first two years guaranteed competitive offer I'd, I'd lock him in because he's he's still playing football at a very high level yeah and as and, you get younger you're going to want to have those types of players on your mm-hmm. team yeah. just a couple pillar veteran types mm-hmm. for, for each position room effectively uh aaron brewer it's a tough conversation for me he's 26 years old he's the only guy in this offensive line that's been available to them all season long and he i think he's played better he's he's always going to have his limitations because i think he's probably the smallest offensive lineman in the nfl but at center the stability that he's given you when you haven't had any, like I'm not panicking here, but I think there's a bigger case to be made today than there was uh, in the way I felt about him coming out of last year. Right. And there, there is some guard center flex there too. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that there's a floor of value that as long as you're not giving him an Andre Dillard contract, and we can talk about that contract in just a minute. Uh, I think there's value to him being back either way. Yeah. Uh, especially with the familiarity of the scheme. Uh, Aziz Alshair played the most snaps on their defense. He's 26 years old. Um, I bring him back. Yeah, I do it. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a huge deal, but I bring him back. I'm going to do a package deal of Sean Murphy bunting and Christian Fult. They seem like they're over Christian Fult. Yeah. I think he kind of, he, I, he looked good last year at times. And then I, I don't think he's really been able to build on that. 
Um, it, it, to me, he'd be back on a on a one year incentive laden deal, right? I'm not mm-hmm. bringing him back and saying, okay, you're for sure one of our starters. I think he can be, but I'm not going to have a lot invested invested in Fulton. Murphy Bunting. You got to have something at corner. I mean, gratefully they have like Roger McCreary, who's wind up being good. But it'd be nice to have something returning that you like, and their defense has been decent despite a horrible offense. I I guess the weird the weird thing about where Tennessee is at, and a guy like Murphy Bunting, I like Murphy Bunting better inside. I don't know about you, but then you have like McCreary can he's, play inside. Ben, he's been your slot this year, right? Elijah Molden, I think. A viable inside tight could stay on the field, right? Right. So you have kind of this collection of guys that I think there's some overlap as compared to at least like Fulton's like definitively a different body type. Yeah. I know Caleb Farley's been through all the adversity in the world, right? His yeah. first round pick. But they're they're different body types to play outside, and that's a little bit more the traditional value. So I think that's the thing we're we're bunting. He's physical to play outside. But I think the the dynamic athleticism, he's probably better served to play inside with his physicality as a nickel type player. So that that's the bind for me is where who do I want to end up commandeering the vast majority of those snaps? Probably McCreary, right? Like I hear you, yeah, but like that probably McCreary. Yeah, that would be, so, so, so that's I'm yeah. not married to bringing Murphy. Right, back right, right, right. Even though he's one of the younger players that at 26 right now that they could yep. bring back. Yeah. Um, levers. Do you want to talk about levers? Yeah, they got three levers they can pull if they wanted to create additional cap space. And again, we kind of talked about this with the commanders conversation where they have a ton of cap space, but it is it's smart to restructure players that you're going to stay committed to because of the increasing cap in dollars now versus dollars down the future and rollover cap. It makes a lot of sense to do this. So three big levers. Harold Landry, you can restructure there and save yourself twelve million in cap. Jeffrey Simmons, twelve point eight million in cap. And then maybe Imani Hooker, which you get just under $4 million, $3.9 million there. You could also cut DeAndre Hopkins and save $8 million. But if you're going to roll with Will Levis, which I think they will, Hopkins and what he's meant to him, uh, I probably want to keep him around and try to add more and you know be willing to pay him that second year. So I think that when it comes to levers, that those are the ones that I think are worth bringing up. You know who I'm trying? I'm, you know, I'm cutting. I'm cutting Andre Dillard. He's bunts. That contract is did, did not age gracefully. Uh, they're going to be in a position to draft offensive line. It's a really good offensive line class. At least Petit Freers give you some quality flashes as another tackle option. And I play him. I would keep Ravens on the right side. I think that's been a nice revelation for them like he's bounced around so much but at right tackle I think he's played his best football and that'd be nice for him to be an answer there and maybe NPF can be on the left side or maybe yeah. Skaronsky maybe you right. like him at guard right and I think that's not to get into Levy Grill but yeah. there, there are a number of guys that I think have good positional flexibility on the offensive line where you can identify hey this guy fits us best yeah and shuffle some of the other pieces around uh just a quick note uh from a bookkeeping perspective, they do have some players with some void cap that is worth it. Like Ryan Tannehill uh, is currently scheduled for $9.2 million in void dollars this year, upcoming in 2024. Derrick Henry scheduled for 4.75. 
you also have Al Shahir as a player who we are talking about re-signing, but he's got two and a half million dollars in void money scheduled for 2024, plus future years of void money at about 634k for the next three years after that. So that's a player. I think that's more incentive to bring that player back. Yeah. If he's going to be on your books for those kinds of dollars as a younger player who's done well, you could bring him back. So uh, just adding a little extra dynamic to some of those personnel decisions we've been talking about. Some of those guys expiring contracts that are still going to leave their mark on your salary cap for another year. Fifth year option decision for Tennessee is Caleb Farley. Uh, there'd be $11 million, $11.3 million for 2025 fully guaranteed. Yeah, it's going to be a no. Yeah. It came into the league with injuries, and that just it just hasn't stopped. And I hate it. He's a very talented player, but got to be able to be on the field for your team, and he has not been able to do that. So I think that's a good summary of the decisions that uh, Tennessee is facing this offseason. And uh, next up, we're going to talk about why. Titans fans should have some hope for the future. The Levy Grail component of our conversation. Stick with us. But folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun, easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. I love the format. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including the pros, including the Sharks. It's just you against numbers. Here's what you do. You select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. It doesn't take long. You can make your entry in under a minute, and then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. So check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It's time. Tighten Fight up. on my men. I'm hurt, but I'm not slain. So I'll lay me down and bleed a while and rise and fight again. There it is. Levy Grail. The Levy Grail. Well, if you're new to the concept of the Levy Grail, if you're a new Tennessee Titans fan, or Tennessee Titans fan who's new to us, I should say. Maybe you're a new Titans fan too. It doesn't matter. Um, the concept is Marv Levy would gave this speech. It was, was it one time he gave it? You know, you always ask me that. I'm not sure. I think it was after maybe the first or second one. I don't know. Okay. So the Bills yeah. had that stretch of AFC championships and going to Super Bowls. And the head coach, Marv Levy, after one of the losses, delivered this poem as a speech to the team to galvanize them to get back on the horse and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get them next time type thing. And as Tennessee, effectively, your season is over, it's time for you to get them next time. So that's. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. Reasons to be optimistic. I I want to start with Will Levis, if that's okay. Sure. He certainly looks the part. Now, there's highs and lows to his play. The uh, physical ability has never been a question. So for Will to come in and put more vertical elements into this passing game with the same skill players, uh, and have kind of the ability to work off script at times, but win from the pocket at times. And uh, I, I just think he he's a perfect personality fit for Mike Rabel and the style of play that Tennessee wants to have too. So I've liked the flashes from Will. It's not perfect. It can be sloppy at times. There can be poor judgment at times. That'll be on him and that coaching staff to clean up. It'll be on them to put better weapons around him to make the decisions easier at times. But uh, 
He's physically capable of doing everything on the football field. When you watched him during his peak season at Kentucky, which was 2021, you got a lot of the same impressions. And then they regressed in 2022 offensively because they had a coaching staff change on the offensive side and they were hurt everywhere that year. So he, he paid the price for a little bit for that with his dip in performance. Some of it perpetuated by himself. He was banged up that year, but they have potential to have really stolen a quality starting quarterback uh, with a, or a second round draft selection. And it's a testament to if that position's not settled, keep swinging the bat. Mm-hmm. And how, how good was it that he got to play this year and get experience in a year where like we talked about a bit of a transitional year, an important opportunity, not only for will to get those, those reps in game action, which cannot be replaced, but also, you know, for this brain trust, the coaching staff and mm-hmm. the, the executives to see what type of player he is and and know how to build around him to give him a, you know, an even better chance to be successful moving forward. So I think that's a- absolutely where the conversation should start. And this is going to be another one of those teams where, like you mentioned already, there's not big decisions at the coaching staff or the front office, so you can just build, right? Take what you have, which is a ton of cap space. You're, you're on all likelihood going to be over $100 million in cap space. You're not going to be restricted whatsoever with your ability to add talent uh, to your roster in terms of veterans, trades, whatever you want to do there, on top of your draft capital. And not that they're brimming with capital, but they do have a one, two, four, five, six, and two sevens. And your first two picks, one and two, right now are number seven and number 38. And Tennessee might be one of those teams that you look at and think as a trade back team, right? To, you know, if there's a blue chip talent that you want at seven, like pick them, but you can also move back and really add some additional ammunition to give yourself more flexibility uh, on day two, which, you know, has been pretty kind to Tennessee throughout the year. So, it's the resources. It's having a, a really talented young quarterback that has some experience and, you know, being able to just kind of build this thing moving forward with Rand Carthen and Mike Vrabel. Yeah. And I think when you consider where the strengths are of this draft class, I would want an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. You get two picks in the top 40, you get yeah. impact players in both spots yeah. is, is really how it should boil down when you consider – it's you know, Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks and Chris Moore right now as prominent wide receivers on the roster aside of DeAndre Hopkins and, and Westbrook Akine, obviously. And yeah. he's an expiring contract, so do you bring him back? I'm sure it wouldn't be cost prohibitive to bring him back. And then on the offensive line, we alluded to the positional flexibility. Ray Dunes has played tackle and guard. Aaron Brewers played center and guard. Daniel Brunskill can play center and guard. Peter Skronsky can play tackle and guard. Like you have enough shuffling of the pieces and you've gotten at least some reps of each one of these guys to evaluate them, to be able to say, Hey, we think this guy is best here and that guy's best there. So we want to pursue this position for a major upgrade. Or you can say, we're going to take the best available offensive lineman and use him kind of like they do with Skronsky as a pillar of the offensive line and then complement him with players to the best of our ability around him. So I think they have the offensive line, I think is a major work in progress, but the good news is I think there's enough flexibility where it's not like we're coming into this off season saying, yeah, Tennessee needs three starting offensive linemen. I don't think it's that dire of a situation. I just think they have to get another pillar piece yeah, and then shuffle the rest of the pieces around it. 
a pillar piece plus continuity, right? Like, yes, you could look at this and say, bring Aaron Brewer back, and our tackles will be NPF and Raydunes. Our guards will be Skaronsky and Brunskill. Brunskill, and your center is Aaron Brewer, and you're like, but then you're that's just the same thing you just did, right? I like, think, I think you need an upgrade attack, right? Yeah, I think you need an upgrade, and then you need to kind of figure out, okay, Skaronsky, like you're a high. A, really nice player, young, well, you're going to be our what position? And then let him be that that position, right? right. I think that's going to be important for guys to settle in. Like, to, I think to maximize a player, like versatility is a great thing. I, I It's huge. But if a player is going to become the best version of themselves, being in, in a spot is going to unlock that to me. And so I would try to start getting these guys in that spot. That's going to make the most sense for them to become their best player. Maybe this conversation is we, we just want an upgrade over Aaron Brewer. And it's not because Aaron Brewer is not a good player, but Aaron Brewer and what he physically is and what his limitations are because of his stature versus do we want to be a punch you in the mouth football team? Why don't we go out and get a 350 pound power center and somebody can actually bring that punch in the middle of your offensive line. If they can find one. Yeah. They should do right. it. Right. <laughs> like, right. Go, yeah, go I mean, draft Zach Frazier from West Virginia that or, the guy? Cedric, or Cedric Van Pran from Georgia. All right. So there's your path. Hey, look, last thing here. I think you got some young talent. We talked about Will Levis. We talked yeah. about Ty J Spears, Jiga Conquo, Traylon Burks. The book's not written there. Skaronsky's a good looking young offensive lineman. Roger McCreary, Jeffrey Simmons, Amani Hooker, Harold Landry, Arden Key. It's like you got some players. And he's you're a, a competitive he's team. redemption story. Yeah, he's he really is. Yeah. But a nice been a nice uh pass rush presence for them. So that that's a fun storyline too. That's definitely a rotational guy. I think that they can can hang their hat on. So there you go. And by the way, you you play in a division. You want a reason for optimism. Yeah. Where the winner right now, the most wins they're going to have is ten. Yeah. And realistically, it might be less than that. Yeah. If there's no juggernaut. If yeah. you told me that Jacksonville was going to beat Carolina and lose to Tennessee week eighteen, and they finish with nine, I'd believe you. If you told me the Colts were going to lose to the Raiders this weekend, I believe you. Who do the Texans have? Don't know. Some the team Texans, in the National Football League. The Texans have Tennessee this week. There you go. And, and then the Colts and te- Texans play each other. If you told me the winner had nine wins, I would not. I would believe you with how it currently stands. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, 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 2027. And 2027. And Joe, again, that's what's crazy is this team, the last four games, if they didn't give away the late game scores in all of them, they'd be eight and seven. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But the reference there, in 2027, you get the coolest stadium I've ever seen. So reasons for excitement for Tennessee Titans fans. You hope you enjoyed this foray into Tennessee. I know we certainly did. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. That is going to do it for us here today on the show. We are out of here. Take care. We'll talk to you all again tomorrow.